0: Welcome back to the Sex Den Podcast, everyone. You are here with your hosts, Lauren and Camille, sisters, best friends, den mothers. <laughs> it's like where's she gonna go with that? Yeah, <laughs> I was nervous looking for the third thing, but I found it last. <laughs> I was minute. gonna say lovers <laughs> to Love. throw everybody off, yeah. and then <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so we had a disaster today in a lot of realms.
1: Oh my god! Yeah,
0: so. Uh, On our way in, I stumble. I go to this matcha place to get Lauren and Shane some delicious drinks. I basically stumble in their door. My dog gets excited. I shatter two glass things, cut my foot open. We just have a weird energetic morning, right? I also broke a glass this morning. It's just strange. Shane screamed about his eggs. Yeah, he hated his eggs. So we sit down (laughs) to record and we we really plan on doing a little bit of a different episode today. We were going to talk about... Non-monogamy versus monogamy.
1: Yeah, we were going to talk about just the pros, the cons, the benefits, the, you know, how to do it right. And how to do it wrong. And then what ended up happening is I went into a very long experience about my personal experience in an open relationship, which I've been wanting to share Mm. and wanting to be open about it, open about my open relationship. Because for me, it was such a, it was a life altering experience. Mm. And so I wanted to talk about it. But not really in the confines, like not really under the um, the what is it? What is it? the parameters of education. I, I didn't want it to yes. be like, we're talking about non-monogamy versus monogamy and it's education. And then here's my whole life. Like that's not, yeah. what, that's not what I meant to happen. <laughs> so we're going to kind of scratch the non-monogamy versus monogamy. And this episode is about my experience with non-monogamy. Camille's experience with a non monogamous experience. Yeah. <laughs> and then how we felt about it, what our experiences yeah. were, if I can say that word 600
0: times. Yeah. And sort of what are some of the things that we would look for next time? What's really important when you're going into one of these relationships and just wrapping it up and saying, Do what makes you feel good. Right. Yeah. And just continuing to check in with yourself throughout the episode, just seeing if you're in a relationship like this and you're like, oh no. Yeah. Or if you're in a relationship and it's feeling really good. Right. So this is sort of our raw, unfiltered experiences in non-monogamy versus monogamy. And that's how I'll put it today. Ow, ow, ow! So we want to start with just a little tiny update from our weeks. Lou, would you like to begin? Also, I call Lauren Lou. So sometimes I notice that I do that. I call you Lori. I call you Lou on the episodes. Lauren's initials are L-E-W. And so I love to call her Lou. In turn, she likes to call me Lewis, which was actually the first nickname.
1: (laughs) I called Camille Lewis because I've always been a big nicknamer. I make up – if you don't know this about me, which – how would they? I make up songs, dances, names, and literally languages. Like, we speak a different (laughs) language pretty much that – No one ever hears, but we actually speak a different language. And since I met Shane, it's even gone a hundred times worse.
0: It's so funny. I love it. So here is Lou. Yeah. Telling a little bit about our week.
1: Man. Okay. My week has been really exciting in a lot of ways. I've been loving being back on the podcast. Mm. It's been forcing me out of my, like, I don't want to post anything shell. Mm. So that's been really fun. I had some fun times with friends. We signed – did I say this last episode? We're going to be here for a year. (gasps) I don't think you said
0: that. Maybe you did. I can't remember. Either way. Well,
1: Shane and I found a really amazing place for a really amazing deal, and our house is going to be closing soon, hopefully, in California. Yeah. So – things are looking up. We're feeling good. We're dropping some weight. I'm going to sell my car. Like, it's really exciting. I sat with Combo this week twice and I want to talk about that on the next episode once I've fully integrated it. But that was totally an experience. Yep. And then I had a couple of angry days yesterday and today that (laughs) were just strange. Well, it wasn't strange. I was able to get to the bottom of it. But This is a quick plug just about honoring your emotions. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't know why things are happening. For example, I became outrageously angry after a masturbation experience on the rooftop, (laughs) naked outside, (laughs) looking at the clouds, feeling united in my body. And then I just – as soon as I came, I just felt pissed off.
0: Anger overtook (laughs) you and Anger anger
1: overtook me and it's just now waning. Oh, my God. Holy shit. So it's been a week. But – Overall, I'm so happy to be here,
0: and tell us about your week. Honor your bodies, folks.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I was saying. Just honor your body. When you have something coming up, even if it seems nonsensical or you can't logicize it, it's there for a reason, and see if you can just sit with it and ask it, what do you need, Anger?
0: Yeah. Anger, what do you need? Body, what do you
1: need? What do you need?
0: need? (laughs) (laughs) I want to address a little something, too, for my weekly update. Okay. Y'all, I am not okay. No. <laughs> no, I mean I, I am okay. I just want I got a comment on my tick one of my TikToks that said like fake happiness is motivating or oh. whatever. Um I ended up deleting it and then not addressing it, but here I am now addressing it. Okay. I just want to tell everybody that I, I know that I address that I am in the process of getting a divorce. And I'm obviously not saying very much about it, Mm -hmm. right? Like I've talked about how I felt in my body and the decisions, like the feeling that made me leave. But I'm not talking about what's going on in my actual life. And a lot of stuff is going on. So I am here to honor everybody that is going through something like that and letting you know that it's okay to have really, really good days. And it's okay to also have the days where you're upset and laying on the couch in a ball, mm-hmm. not being okay. Unfortunately, and fortunately, my business is selling myself. Mm-hmm. It's selling my help. You know, I want to be in service to others. That's my thing. So the days that I feel really excited and motivated, I'm posting the videos where I do look happy because I am, I'm feeling that thing. And then also The next hour, something might come up and I sort of clam up. So I'm sort of just doing a PSA that like I'm trying my best and also it's okay to be struggling. I'm here for everyone else who is struggling and also social media, uh, once again, just doesn't always show everything, Mm. you know, and I'm doing that for a reason. I don't know what to say about my story yet. And I don't know when, it, how, what period of time it will take for me to even want to, if ever talk about what's going on in mm-hmm. my life, Yeah. but just know that I have great days and I have some days that aren't so great and that's very normal. I just don't want it to seem like, Hey, I'm getting divorced and I'm so happy and I'm just ready to be my best self, you know, <laughs> and, yeah. and I'm totally moved on because that's just not the case. Yeah. And I don't want anyone thinking that I'm putting on a front And I don't want um, anyone to think that I just don't care at all. And I'm just sort of cold hearted. Right. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good on you. Good on you. I think it's, it's, we live in a unique time because like if you were going through a divorce, maybe like five or I guess maybe 10 years ago now, you wouldn't have, really had a podcast or an outlet to come on and be like, you know what? I'm going through a divorce. You know, you wouldn't have had to like stop posting pictures or delete pictures or whatever. It's like we're going through things that are very emotionally challenging during a time when there's this like curiosity about your life. And then it's like that in some way sharing that helps people feel close to you, which helps you serve people it's this really interesting thing and I think everybody's kind of trying their best to not say too much not say too little Mm. find the balance of what feels good to share in service to others what feels good to keep to ourselves in service to others and to ourselves so anyway I just think you're doing a good job
0: thank you it's a weird balance yeah it's a weird balance yeah so with that it's been a weird week (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, geez. And
1: and on top of that, I feel the the base of me feels the happiest I've ever felt. Me it's too. It's just that I have these weird, <laughs> yeah. Like I have this kind of strange little film over me right now. Yes. That's okay. Yeah. You know what? It's fine. I'm that's actually so okay. pissed I'm going to stop recording. Yeah.
0: I hate it. <laughs> no.
1: Um,
0: but Okay. I, life goes on, y'all.
1: So today we wanted to talk about relationship styles particularly uh our own experiences with non-monogamy and monogamy Mm -hmm. and because after all if you haven't been here for a long time like let's say that you haven't been here for a year even or something like that my sex coaching business and my whole idea for my podcast my idea for my blog all of that began because I was in a, an open relationship. Yes. And so I started writing about that, talking about that and was public about it, you know? Hmm. And now I'm not in an open relationship Mm -hmm. and I'm so happy. And I've had a lot, a lot of time to sit with what that other situation felt like for me. So Mm. today I want to talk a little bit about my experience, but I also want to talk about from more of an objective sex educator perspective, just about different styles of relationships and how to communicate well through that and that type of a thing. So that's sort of where we're going. Fantastic.
0: Yeah. So I think there are a couple of different terms in relationship styles. Can you go ahead and define these terms for us? So I want monogamy okay ethical non-monogamy is one I've been seeing a lot yeah polyamory Hmm. I think those are the three main ones I've been seeing okay yeah so monogamy monogamy
1: monogamy is most often understood as as two people in a relationship mono so you're having one relationship and that's the agreed upon upon experience we assume most often that when you're getting into a relationship with somebody it's going to be a monogamous one like that's sort of the assumption just like the assumption assumption. is that people are straight Mm -hmm. right like that's the assumption Mm -hmm. well we are now in a time where that's you can't assume that really anymore Mm -hmm. at least in our circles (laughs) Mm -hmm. like so uh and it really depends on where you are in the world but in this like social media world, yeah. there are there's a lot more about open relationships. So open relationships or ethical non-monogamy are kind of umbrella terms. So the reason that it's called ethical non-monogamy or ENM is because technically you could be in a monogamous relationship and one person could be cheating on the other one. And that's technically non-monogamy because one person's not being with
0: yeah in, within the but parameters it's non-ethical non-monogamy. So it's non-ethical non-monogamy so
1: it's like there aren't very many people who are saying I practice non-ethical non-monogamy so the ethical non-monogamy part has is just kind of strange I to practice
0: me. my partner cheating on me and I don't like it yeah <laughs> I don't like
1: it and I practice it yeah. <laughs> so so Ethical non monogamy or ENM is kind of this umbrella term for open relationships. And open relationships, when we come under that umbrella mm. it is such a myriad of different things mm. so some people feel very emotionally monogamous with their partner but then they will have an occasional threesome for a birthday or they'll occasionally give their husband or wife or partner a hall pass when they're traveling or mm-hmm. there will be a time when it's like okay a couple times a year we do this and it's pretty casual And for the most part, this couple is monogamous. Mm. It can go from that to more of like a polyamory experience. And polyamory is evolving just as all of these are. But polyamory is a relationship style where there are multiple relationships happening. And so this is different from open relationships or like the... There isn't really a term for just swingers yeah i guess a swinger yeah it could be swingers, yeah um this could this could be different from swinging because with swinging it might just be that you're having sex with other people but there's no relationship component Mm -hmm. or it could be that you're having sex with other people and then you're friends with the people that you're fucking but you're not in love with them Mm. so polyamory is unique because it's the desire to love and have relationships, deep emotional bonds with more than one person. Mm. And so even within polyamory, that can look very different because polyamory, like for example, somebody might have two girlfriends, right? There, there could be, uh, we'll say that this is a man and he has two girlfriends. They are on alternating schedules. They understand. And the girlfriends don't know each other. Mm -hmm. There are also experiences where the girlfriends do know each other and the girlfriends have sex too. Mm. And they may, or they may not have sex and they might just go
0: on dates and be friends. Yeah, They may all live together. Yeah, there are, so places where both partners are dating the same person. Yes. right. So So for example. Every single relationship like this has unique and different rules.
1: And that's the whole point. Mm. So that's what I want to, I'm saying all of this so that we can get to the conclusion that there, when it comes to relationships and love, we can try our darndest to put these things in different categories and label them as certain things. But at the end of the day, all of this just comes down to who are you loving and who are you having sex with and how does that work for your relationship?
0: That's really what it is. Yeah. And I feel like it was so, even like a few years ago, I feel like this these terms were kind of coming up more, the, the communities, I feel like we're just more separate. It's with the rise of social media, of course, because totally. now people are talking about it. Yeah, But it does feel like in this day and age, more people are open to the idea of um, identifying their relationship in whatever way they feel fit, versus just, okay, we are not, no one even would talk about it, though, I feel like, like, even a, f- a couple of years ago, like, I wouldn't have even thought about that with my partners. It's just like, we're together. That's it. Yeah. We're together. We're, like, and well, that's you be My it. girlfriend. That's it. Yeah. Now it feels like there's so much more, at least in our circle, but I feel like on a wide scale, there's just so much more communication around what a relationship is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. And I feel like it's also of course creates challenges. Yeah. No doubt. And also, um, I just want to talk so much about the communication aspect of it, but mostly what I want to ask because you were in a very open relationship. Mm-hmm. So, what did that look like for you? Are you comfortable talking about it a little bit? Yeah. Okay. I'm good. I'm in. Um,
1: But I also want to nod at something that you just said, which is the communication piece oh, and yeah. just how it is awesome. I feel like people right now are trying to understand themselves more than ever. Mm -hmm. And that's probably also with this like hyper individualistic culture where it's like, who am I? What's my purpose? What do I need? And there are great components of that. One of them is like, what do I need in partnership? Mm -hmm. And that's a cool conversation that I feel like people like our grandparents didn't have that conversation no you know there was still scandal happening but it was just non- on the down low non-ethical non-monogamy <laughs> yeah non-ethical <laughs> non-monogamy was still happening but it was just kind of swept under the the rug and yeah. not talked about and so now I feel like people are trying to have more of an understanding of their conflict styles and their inner child wounds and their Their love languages languages and their astrology signs and how that relates to when they're crying and the moon and, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like it's so much. Yeah. So yeah, I just think that, and by the way, I just want to give you permission. If this isn't you at all, and you're just like, fuck this, I know exactly what I want. It's just like one person and to be married forever and to have sex with my one partner and for it to be good then that's great <laughs> like yeah. this is not saying that you have to be on this or that there's something wrong with you if you're not no like if you're just doing your thing and you love the classic romeo and juliet style then great
0: that's fabulous we love that for you yes we do we love anything that works for you feels good for me <laughs> yeah i mean it just feels so fucking good as long as yeah. you're not hurting
1: yourself or others and even if you are hurting yourself that's okay because we have to do that sometimes yes compassion yeah (laughs) so my experience boy was it a doozy so I haven't really talked about this yet um and I'll probably talk about it in different ways but I didn't realize until I was with Shane how fucking toxic my open relationship was yeah like it was really really hard and I, it was so hard that I feel like it was on the board. Like I almost went crazy a little bit because I was so disconnected from my own heart. Mm. And what what happened was I was... 25, I had kind of already been in one previous open relationship. Mm. And that one was also toxic and weird. It was more like he wanted to be having sex with other people and was hypersexual. I was also very sexual and also feeling like, okay, I'm really young and I love dick and I love men. And so maybe I will be okay with having sex with other people too. But it started there to get very diluted for me or like convoluted. And I wasn't l- looking back. I'm like, was I actually wanting that or was I just wanting to be loved and to be cool with this particular person? Yeah.
0: It was like you were kind of adjusting your needs to fit what they were looking for, what
1: they were looking for. But also I can't deny that I've always had a very sexual mind my my mind is extremely sexual which is why I do what I do is because I'm fascinated by sex yeah and so it's like and I'll get to this in a minute because I I, I wrote down the note because I want to make sure that I make the point but it's like okay so I had this relationship between the time that I was 19 and 23 Mm. that was open-ish. Like, I slept with another person, he slept with somebody, he cheated on me, we stayed together because I was confused, like, was that cheating or was it, you know, open? I don't know. And it was kind of a don't ask, don't tell thing, but it just didn't work for me. And so I was like, that was weird, and also I'm still intrigued by this thing, Mm. by this, like, non-monogamous thing. We actually had a couple experiences. Yeah. So anyway, so... Then I go like two years of just sort of dating, yeah. not saying I'm an open relationship person, but kind of being like, I can't imagine being with one man yeah. at this point. And so now I'm 25. So I'm 25 and I meet my ex. And he was, like, 11 years older than me and was very specific immediately when we met that we were going to be in an open relationship. Like, that's what he was looking for. And I was already, for whatever reason, like, so enthralled with this man that I was like, yes. At the time, that's everything he was saying is exactly what I was wanting. I was wanting to explore BDSM. I was wanting to explore swinger parties. I was wanting to, like just see all the depths of sexuality and really like experience it. Yeah. Because I felt like I had had sort of this half-ass experience and had wanted to do these Mm. things, but it didn't feel good with the other person.
0: No, it wasn't a relationship that suited you at all. Anyways, there were so many other things wrong. So when you met this second person, it was like, okay, this is going to be really great. Yeah, this is going to be really great. Let's dive into it. Let's dive into it. You were feeling safe and... Yeah,
1: like, this is fun. And also, I hadn't begun at all exploring what my mind was doing, what my heart was doing. Mm. Like, I was very intuitive and um, witchy in certain ways. Like, I had my rituals and stuff, but I didn't know, like, what it would feel like to feel safe in my body. I didn't know the language of, like, I don't know, Um, like, authentic expression wasn't really a thing for me. I didn't. Yeah,
0: even, like, the whole healing process. I feel like it was so new. I mean, five years ago, it was just. I just. That was totally. We didn't. There was no verbiage and tools yet that we had really explored in that realm.
1: Yeah. I just didn't know what was happening. So I end up in this relationship, and it was open immediately like I remember we had literally been talking for like a couple of weeks like, like maybe, two weeks maybe had just slept together for the first time I think and you know I got a call when he was on a trip and it was just like hey I just want you to know I just slept with somebody and I remember sitting on my couch being like oh my god like I had so much shit happening inside my body and just I still just remember feeling like what okay, yep, I agreed to this, like, we talked about it, Yeah. but I didn't have the access to saying, hey, I'm actually, like, really triggered by this, I'm really hurt, like, this feels like shit and we're, it's over, like, I could have yeah. saved myself so much pain, <laughs> yeah. But but basically, that That's style, confusing. yeah, that sort of continued, where I felt like he was the authority on open relationships and, non-monogamy because that's how he presented himself and over time I started just to feel more and more and more disconnected from my own body like I was in so much pain emotionally Mm. I had so much rage happening I don't understand still there was so much tension and so much subtle manipulation
0: Mm. that
1: I wasn't really able to I didn't feel loved I didn't feel um
0: desired I didn't feel
1: desired and I really didn't feel special at all to this person
0: okay, I feel like, and you can just always cut me off. I know this is your story, but some of the things are just coming up yeah. to me too because obviously Lauren and I talked about this like yeah. crazy. It was it was happening in a way where even when you, because communication, like we talked about at the very beginning, is the most important part of this yeah. type of relationship. And every time you would bring something to this person saying, hey, this is making me really uncomfortable. It was like, okay, well, that's your feeling. And this is still how I like to do it. So I'm going to continue doing it that way. And you need to figure out why that's happening to you. Yes. It wasn't a conversation of, okay, man, yeah, let's work around this. Let's adjust the rules. It was like, I'm going to keep doing me. You need to figure out how you want to do an open relationship. And you were kind of just like, what? Like it was such a mind fuck.
1: It was such a mind fuck.
0: I remember one mindfuck. time, I remember one time
1: just being like, I'm feeling so uncomfortable. Like I'm just, can we take a little bit of a break on this and like come back together to talk about to to you know, just be the two of us for a minute. And I just remember him saying like he basically said, "You're on the bench right now at a basketball game critiquing the players." Like you're watching me play and you're not playing enough. Like you're not having enough experiences. And so you're being really critical of how I'm doing it because you're not experiencing enough. And I remember him being like, why don't you get on some dating apps and like really go for it. And I was kind of just like, everything just felt so void of love
0: there was no nurturing of just your partnership. Right, yeah, so it was, was a yeah. big, big mess up. It was a disaster. And it's not like you were holding all of this in. Yeah, that's true. You were writing letters.
1: I wrote letters. You were having I tried conversation over conversation. Yeah.
0: You were really trying and to yes, address some I was, and the
1: thing is is that it was a love bomb situation, too, so I had been really hardcore love bombed. And so were you. Like you thought, Camille thought totally, like, oh my God, this is your person. Like at first, it was so intensely love bombing mm-hmm. and so amazing. And then quickly it was like our lives were intertwined. I was all of a sudden, like, you know, a stepmom and and just doing a lot. And it was so our finances were intertwined, and I—it was looking so back. Bad. I'm just like I can't even believe the level that it happened. And I will say this: so I've been talking about this for five minutes or whatever—six, ten, ten minutes now—is that still? So, so within the compounds, you're like, okay, so what was going on in the relationship? What was happening? We had an open relationship that was set up like this. We told each other before we were having experiences. If we were together, we played together. So we would have sex with other women or other couples. We never did this with another man, um, but that would have been okay. Yeah. If we were in the same place, we would play together. If one of us was gone for the weekend or whatever, which conveniently, he traveled a lot. And so, you know, if he was gone for the weekend, he would ask me hey i you know met this woman i'm gonna sleep with her and it would be like okay i just wanted to know before and oh my god i can't even believe actually talking about this just how awful it was for me because i just felt so there were so many components of it that were just um Dude,
0: I don't even know. I don't even really have the words. It's so interesting. Okay, so two things are coming up for me. Number one, even when you would ask not to and say, like, actually, that makes me feel really uncomfortable and I I don't really approve of that. Yeah. He would do it anyway. Yeah, he would do it anyway. He would do it anyways. Yeah. Like, in a really fucked up scenario. Yes. And it started being like, okay, the, the interesting thing about it is you were also really promoting this type of relationship at the time.
1: Yeah. And that's what I was going to talk about is that I was in such an interesting psychological situation because this was happening and I was repetitively feeling hurt and confused and frustrated. And I also was a huge advocate for the, this kind of relationship style Like I remember, you know, I was blogging about it. I was openly talking about it. I was having conversations with my people in my personal life Mm -hmm. and whatever. And the thing that I want to address is like, it's not that I don't, feel like an open relationship can be incredible mm. I really do and that was the part that was hard is I was like I can see how this could be amazing
0: and it isn't amazing for me holy fuck I'm really hurt like I'm not okay yeah it could be amazing with the right person it's not yeah amazing with a narcissist yeah Or somebody who's like,
1: yeah, we don't want to just throw the term out, but it's like, it really did feel like this person had done this. I wasn't the only person that this had happened with where it's just like major love bombing. And then all of a sudden it's not what you thought it was. And you're like, oh no, I'm so deep. So, So anyway, that was happening. So there was a lot of multiple multiple partners like this person was on so many different dating apps and like avidly finding people to have sex with just like one night stands just it didn't almost didn't even matter
0: over and over and over, over and over
1: and and so that and then there were swinger parties and nightlife and like
0: you know, so many meeting
1: people on different online forums. And then I started to be like, I'm not going to be on the bench anymore, whatever. And I started sleeping with so many people, not as many, you know, yeah. not that, not that numbers count, but I was like, okay, well, I might as well be like trying this out so that I'm not just heartbroken at home mm.
0: in this weird scenario. So, so I have a good question say you were back in that knowing as much as you know now yeah Which you wouldn't be in that same relationship no. so I, I guess this is the better better way to reframe this uh question is what would have made you comfortable in that scenario how could you have seen it become very successful yeah that's a good question So that when people are going through this and they're either feeling the way that you felt Mm -hmm. where you're like scrambled and kind of like justifying stuff and it just feels like shit and you're like, okay, I guess I'm just still going to keep going with this. We don't want people to feel like that. So yeah. What could have made you feel more safe and understood in that scenario?
1: There would have needed to be a lot of priority on this being an experience for pleasure and joy Mm. looking back at that or even in my relationship now. So all of that to say that relationship ended and it ended very easily. Like Mm -hmm. I just left and the person was like, okay, bye. Like, you know, you have a year to, Mm get our finances in order. Like it ended up being fine. And then he also introduced me to Bufo and like, (laughs) so it was very confusing. And I also, I just wanted to wrap it up by saying, yes, it was a lot of pain and I take a lot of responsibility for responsibility. And I want to shine a lot of gratitude on that because Mm -hmm. if it hadn't have been for that relationship, I would not have understood the intricacies of my own human condition. Mm. Like if it hadn't have been that hard for me emotionally, and if I hadn't have felt that huge of a lack of love and just like genuine adoration for my soul, I wouldn't have been able to appreciate what I have now. Mm. I just wouldn't have. Yeah. And so it was really intense. I still, you know, I wish this person well and yeah, man, it was really intense. So, anyway, it was really
0: intense. Thank you for sharing your story.
1: Yeah, of course. So, what I wanted to say is about what would have made you feel yes, good. Yes, what yeah. would have made me feel good is first of all, more of my own internal understanding of what I want and confidence in how to express that and the confidence to walk away mm-hmm. if that isn't being met. So, yes. so like having a lot of conversations with myself, like, okay, honey, what's going on for you and how can you express that? Can, and when you mm-hmm. are expressing it, is it being received in a way that feels good? Like you can get to a conclusion or is it being received in a way that takes a different turn and all of a sudden you feel like you had an okay conversation, but you're still hurt, <laughs> you Yeah, And so that. Um, So much communication just about like, what excites you? What feels good? What kind of things do you want to try and maybe letting me lead, lead the way a little bit because I was the novice in the situation. I hadn't had any experience in this realm. So if you're listening to this and you're with a partner who maybe has more experience than you just making sure that they're really understanding and like holding you and loving you and you feel genuinely cherished and loved and nurtured mm. throughout the entirety of the experiences because that's so important. Yes. Like after you have an experience, after you sleep with another person or another couple or you have your first you know, mm. date, if you're experiencing polyamory or you're wanting to experience that, making sure that when you come home, your partner is like, hi, honey, how, you know, how was it? How are you feeling? This is how I'm feeling. And having like just a genuine desire to understand how your partner sitting across from you is feeling. Yes. Holding their heart with care and knowing that there is going to be some jealousy. There are going to be things that don't feel good. And having the openness and the willingness to communicate through those, talk about through, talk about
0: uh, things through it, and mm. addressing it as it comes up. Yeah, I think that's great. Would you have felt, I think I'll include one more, just because I know what you went through. Yeah. Prioritizing just the two of your sex lives.
1: Oh, more. yeah.
0: Like yeah. actually putting a lot of effort and – change and excitement into just the two of you when you two were together
1: yeah that was so important too it's like
0: happening for you
1: yeah it just wasn't happening for me I was very much like hey I'm really wanting to connect more one-on-one and then yeah it just wasn't met well so I ended up feeling very much like the preference was for other people And not for me.
0: Mm. And so
1: that's hard. Not that there needs to necessarily be a preference. Because in this kind of a relationship style, a lot of it is about like equanimity. And there being kind of no hierarchy. A lot of people are talking about like non-hierarchical polyamory. Mm -hmm. Where it's like there isn't a main partner and then other partners. It's kind of like everybody is a partner. And it's okay. It's more, you know. equanimous equal yeah (laughs) equal it's equal equal. and so um yeah I think that that even just comes back to like how much do you want to feel cherished by this person what does feeling cherished look like and is that happening Mm. yeah you know because for some people some people are in poly relationships where they don't have sex with their husband or wife and they're just really a best friend experience they live together they they're partners where they live in the same place but they sleep with and date other people yeah so there are
0: so many different ways to but experience this the thing about it that should be mentioned is it's working for both people Mm -hmm. if it's working Mm -hmm. like it is still a partnership those people that are just having sex with other people it's not like one of them's like well I really want to be having sex right Person's like no yeah it's like a decision you're making together as a unit yes
1: yeah it's the decisions that you're making together and I love that part of it is like is it feeling good for you is it feeling good for your partner Like, are both people, or are both people willing to do the work to get to a place where it does feel good? Because Mm -hmm. we go through shit in your relationship where you're like, this doesn't feel good, you know? And it's kind of confusing about how to get it to feel good, but you don't want to break up, you know? So it's like, how can we get it there? But it's this constant desire to grow together and to understand each other and to love one another through weird stuff. Yeah. So I, I know that I've kind of gone all over the place today I don't know if I was expecting so much to talk about my experience or to help other people in their monogamy versus non-monogamy you know (laughs) dilemma but it's like I now with Shane am in a monogamous relationship I and Shane and I have talked about this a lot but it's like right now we're monogamous if Shane and I were to eventually be like whoa we think that it could be so fun to have a threesome Mm -hmm. my commitment to him and my safety with him and just all of the things that matter the most to me are so strong that I feel like I could have a really amazing experience if other people were involved yes it doesn't Call to me at all right now, but if I'm gonna be with Shane for the rest of my life, which, unless I die, I really plan to be <laughs> like, unless I die, so- you know,
0: that's right, soon,
1: I really plan to be, um, then it could happen,
0: yeah, it could anything can happen. That's why I always just never say never. Yeah, I mean, I had a sort of open experience, yeah, how did that go for you in my last relationship, <laughs> yeah. I was always curious if I was into women. Okay. I had always had really close girlfriends and had never, I had been physically like made out with some of them hooked up a little bit, you know, in high school and stuff though, um, was just really curious about exploring that. And the person was like, obviously, yeah, that's so freaking hot, you know, and it took a while to get, to the place I was actually pushing it a little bit more than he was. Okay. And then when it actually happened, it was so fabulous. And we had a wonderful experience. We had a threesome with another woman. And it was such an incredible experience. I realized I'm not into women, <laughs> which is okay. totally fine too. Just the makeout and like, I think it's kind of the attracting the men to you by doing that is mm-hmm. what made me into that in the first place okay that's what I found out but what I do it oh then we had a great experience after I don't know we all talked about it after we were like on a group chat about it it was funny it was like we couldn't believe we had done it we felt so risque and so cool and then we just never did it again it was like that was so funny fun it was such an incredible experience and If it comes up again in the future, we could do that, you know, but it just didn't, it wasn't like one of us had the experience and then we're like, oh, we're going to need that all the time, right? That was kind of my worry and it didn't end up happening. So it was really successful and fun Would I do it again. Yeah. If I felt safe in a relationship, sure. I would explore something like that, but I'm definitely more of a monogamous person, yeah. With I here and there sprinkled in with little experiences, I think. Yeah. That's and just what feels good.
1: Yeah. And I think I am too. I feel so I was always felt very monogamous. Like I've never been a lot of times when people um have a big call to non-monogamy or to polyamory i mean polyamory is now being considered by a lot of people like a sexual orientation Mm. like as somebody would identify as being a lesbian or gay or bi it's like there are people who really identify as poly like it is them and so um for those people it's like loving other people a lot of times they didn't know what that was and they were chronic cheaters. Like they would just constantly be like, well, I love my partner. It's not that I don't love my partner, but I'm just really drawn to having these other experiences. And it would be like kind of plaguing them. And then they found polyamory or have the permission to be in that kind of a dynamic. And it's perfect for them. They love talking about it. They love having different partnerships. They love, you know, bringing people together and and being able to love different bodies and people. Like, so, I know people
0: who are just so poly. Yeah, me too. It's, it's just like so poly so and poly. it totally works. And
1: it totally works and yeah. they love it and they work through it and if it's challenging then whatever yeah. and they, you know, work through it together. I always fantasize about that being me. Like I often am like, God, that would be so fun. You know, I, I wonder if that is me, but it's like somewhere down deep inside, it's like I'm ashamed of that or something like I have this conversation where I'm like am I really poly but I'm sort of feeling shame or I'm nervous and it just always comes back to like no honey you're just more monogamous. like that's just who you are I never was a cheater that wasn't I just didn't
0: but it's fun to explore it and I think this conversation went a little differently than we had planned I think we ended up sharing a lot of your story but I feel like that's so important because it's it's different than just saying here are the different types of relationship and now you can choose which one it's like no here's a real experience of what it felt like to be in one that at the time was felt okay and then just progressively felt worse and worse to now Mm -hmm. where you've been able to do some reflection and just think like that was really not okay because hopefully this will reach at least one person who's maybe in that same circumstance that realizes like no, this isn't okay. This isn't how it's supposed to be. Yeah. When these type of relationships are successful, there's so much love, so much respect, so much honoring and dedication to the people who are in it. You know, there, there's never a person in a successful one who's feeling constantly like they're getting the short end of the stick. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's, Honestly, that's for any relationship too. It's so interesting how we can talk about open or non-monogamous or monogamous or whatever we want to call it. But at the end of the day, that's how any relationship can feel is like both people are feeling so nourished and grateful and like, um, challenged in particular ways, but in ways that feel good and like growth. If you're in something where you just feel mostly shitty, but then this person's okay in certain ways and you see other, you know, no person's hundred percent bad. No. So it's like, just check in with yourself because it's for any kind of a situation. If you're in a great open relationship, you know it because you feel it and you feel good and it's nourishing.
0: Yeah. And if you're not,
1: you know it in your heart. So just always is coming back to you. If I could go back now, I would have hugged her. And that wasn't me that long ago. I'm 29. I was 25 when I, you mm-hmm. know, met him. So it's like, I would go back and just say, honey, you're going to do this anyway. Because no, nobody could have stopped me.
0: No one could stop nobody me.
1: Nobody could have stopped me. I would have said to myself, you're going to do this anyway, and it's going to be okay. But <laughs> fucking... Put your seatbelt on. Because yeah,
0: it was a lot of lessons so to endure from that. Yeah. yeah, a lot of lessons from that one. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that with us today. I just feel like one of I want
1: to reiterate that, and I hope that it didn't come across this way. I do not have a preference for which one is better: mm. open relationships or monogamy. For me now being in a monogamous relationship feels so sacred and so whole. And I can't imagine sharing Shane or like him watching me with somebody else. Like I can't even imagine it, but I also cannot imagine my life without that period of time for me. Like if you're being really called to experiencing open relationships and sex parties and swinging and poly, like whatever it is for you, I encourage you to do your best to remain in love for yourself and in honesty, but also go for it. Like, try it. Do something that feels exciting and good for you. Because, had I not experienced that, had I not had all of that that time to really explore and have sex with random people and like orgies and all of that. I don't know if I would be able to be in a relationship like I am now with Shane. Yeah. Because I would have been so curious. Or the business I'm in. Like, it it made my whole life – I found myself through it. So it's not that I regret it. It's not – like, today was a little bit more of a somber tone – because I wanted to be honest about how awful it was most of the time on my heart, mm. but my mind, my body, like I was excited to be having these experiences as well. So, mm. so it's just important. I'm not here shitting on any kind of anything. I'm just sharing what happened to me from my perspective yes, and where I am now.
0: Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. And I feel the same way. Because without the experience that I had, I would still, I feel like, be questioning, like, am I attracted to women? Like, Mm -hmm. it's confusing. And when you meet people young, you know, Mm -hmm. you meet somebody young and you are dedicating a lot of time with them. You're thinking, I'm going to spend forever with this person. There is room. and. And it's just one of those things where you're just following what you need. You're following what feels good. Yeah. And if you try it, it ends up feeling like shit, then that's totally fine too.
1: Yeah. You're following your your the feeling inside of your body. Yes. Like today, um, or not today, but when I think back, it's like my body the whole time, <laughs> almost the whole time, was like uh-huh I don't know this isn't feeling good I want to punch a wall but I didn't have the words for that and yeah. so or, or I, I would say that but I didn't understand what was happening and so mm. it just gave me this wide array and so now I feel like because I went through that I can go to the depths of somebody's trauma with them because I have this experience of feeling so trapped and so confused it's like all of it is perfect is what I want to say. All of it's perfect.
0: All of it was perfect. And I wish the whole wolf pack luck with whatever they decide to try in their relationships, whatever that is. Yeah. If it's because relationships and especially when it comes to intimacy is work, it's hard work. And Mm -hmm. so whatever you decide to incorporate or, you know, not incorporate, whatever's feeling good to you, I wish you all the best in making those choices and just urge you to continuously check in with yourself. And if you don't know what that means, invest in yourself and figure out how to do that. Because the faster we can get in touch with ourselves, get in touch with our feelings, the more authentic we can be in our expression. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. If you want the softest skin on the face of the planet, mm-hmm. there is no other place to go than AmberBath.com. <laughs> AmberBath is our mom's founded and operated company. She was in Whole Foods for 15 years and literally took Denver, Colorado over by storm <laughs> yes, because everybody in Denver has the driest skin, yep. My mom created the best concoction It is on the face of the planet. I've tried everything because you have to know who your competitors are. You
0: have to.
1: Okay. Um, Amber Bath does salve, butter soap, scrubs. Those are the four categories. Go get yourself some. Use code WOLFPACK for 20% off on your order and a little special gift. From the Den Mothers. Yeah, from the Den Mothers.
0: Lauren, let me ask you a question. Hmm. Do you know what the V-I-W-P is? Shit, man. No, I don't. What is it? It is the very important wolf pack. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) We are so thrilled and excited about expanding our wolf pack. We are honored to have the members that we do that have already signed up. Thank you for showing us so much love. We have officially started our patreon.com slash the sex den experience. You can sign up for a monthly or annual membership to get first drops on our episode, which is earlier than our typical Wednesdays, you get exclusive behind the scenes content, extra Q&A videos, and every month we run a random raffle with all the Patreon members' names where we will pick live one VIP Wolfpack member to do a two-on-one session with the Den Mothers. You can come to us with any questions, concerns, situations, emotions you're working through and get our one-on-one guidance. We love it. So we are so excited. Head over again to patreon.com/slash the sex den to join the very important wolf pack today. Woo!